let's roll it back a bit. <laughs> now you've told this so many times in different servers to different people, but um, mm -hmm. why Blender? Where did it start for you? <laughs> okay, it is quite interesting story. I think you know this, but for the viewers, like how I got started with Blender was basically by starting with 3D in general was like using CAD softwares because I'm a mechanical engineer. I used to use Autodesk Fusion 360. Now, like before the first time when I used it was called Inventor Fusion. And then Inventor got separated from Fusion 360 and they both are two different packages now. And I started using Fusion and then slowly got into SolidWorks because that is industry standard for CAD modeling. Yeah. And what happened was uh, I, st I made this fidget spinner, the first one in the first uh, project I ever made was a fidget spinner using SolidWorks. And I didn't know nothing about, I didn't know anything about rendering, but then there was this option called, you know, Visual Studio. And it basically adds metals, metal materials to whatever you do, like for, for whatever model it is. So, and I tried it out and it turned out really good. I mean, it's not good if I look back now, obviously. That's my first try. Uh, and I posted it on Instagram because everyone said like, you know, you should make a, like after looking at the result, they're like, okay, why don't you make this Instagram page and post your renders? I talked to my friend, Bharadwaj, and he was doing Blender and I, I didn't know anything about it back then. So, cause he did some really cool donuts and I didn't know who do like, you know, Blender Guru was. I was like, damn, we should start this together. And because we both are like mechanical injuries and we do have like a really nice friendship in the back. So we thought, okay, let's start it together. So that's how just three things started. All right, nice. And um, that, that fidget spinner one, it was, is that the blue one yeah. that I remember seeing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. I know this. <laughs> and um, what, what yeah. year was that roughly? Do you remember? Uh, I think the exact date was June, June 9th, June 12th, 2019. Wow. You have the actual date. Damn. That's quite yeah, impressive. I, I'm really good at dates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so yeah, um, Blender, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How I got into Blender. So I started posting this um, stuff that I'm making in SolidWorks, and Bharadwaj, my other partner, he started posting really cool renders, which look almost real. Like I mean, back then it looked realistic for me. So I was like, "Wow, how are you doing this?" It's like he's like, "I'm using Blender." I was like why can't SOLIDWORKS do this and why can Blender do that? So I was like, okay, I gave it a try and it was completely a different software. Like I thought it's, it's exactly like CAD modeling. No, it's not. You have to care about topology and stuff. So I was really jealous that he's getting really nice uh, results than me. So I was like, okay, let me also give it a try. And yeah, that's, that's how it started. Ah, <laughs> uh, so was, uh, was jealousy, I guess, one of the aspects yes. of motivation? For you to get into it. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, it's oh. not like jealous. Jealous is just wanted to, like, at least uh, be as close as his. Because we both started this channel, like, you know, not channel, the Instagram page together. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, he's posting really nice renders and you're posting almost, like, equal to very new renders, okay? Right. You want to just. You will be like, level. okay, you need to also develop. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I also need to get better, but then that is not the way to do it. So I had to choose Blender. What were the limits of the rendering capabilities for SolidWorks? And I would just say it's not a render engine, basically. SolidWorks, I mean, it's, it has its Visual Studio, but then most of the time I used to use KeyShot. Uh, yeah. I think I only used it for two projects. The Wine, I think that's my second render. And uh, the first one was, you know, so a fidget spinner. And that's when I actually got to know about rendering and what it is. All right, fair. Okay, so why don't we take a bit of a step forward then? We know that yeah, sure. you've kind of dived into Blender. We know that you're doing it with your friend. YouTube. Why YouTube? Uh, okay, uh, this is uh, quite another interesting story. Like, I started doing Blender, right, with my friend. So our page was really famous in our college, basically. Like, everyone knows that I, me and Bharadwaj do 3D stuff. So one of the clubs in college, you know, uh, college clubs reached yeah. out to us saying like we are so-and-so club we can you like give us a you know workshop on blender i was pretty excited but then my skill level was like you know it was not that great but then all i need was just to know people that there is blender there is this another career that you can choose from right yeah. you can also choose basically and me and badwaj were really happy and we thought okay let's do this and once the whole thing was done 
people were like uh, why don't you like upload this to youtube so we can go refer back to it and that's when i was like okay maybe not but then immediately i saw the first blendness like i think it's a fourth one should i start a tutorial channel that was like the podcast on blendness right yeah yes and i watched it i was like maybe i should do this uh, maybe at least for one video right so i spent two weeks on the first video which is about 15 minutes long or 13 minutes long i don't know i spent two weeks only scripting that and recorded that for the next 3 days and learned editing for another 3 to 4 days and put it out like in 3 or 4 weeks it took me about a month probably like to get the video out yeah. and yeah that's how it started well it just goes to show like the first time you make a video it's such a long and convoluted process right because yes. because you never done anything like it before and there's so many individual steps yeah it's that it's not the only thing that was actually bothering me not the editing skills or something it's it's just that uh, i'm going to put out my first video on youtube like you know i'm going to show my work or like what i know to others it was right. kind of yeah. like a big deal for me because i never did that before yeah so there's a psychological so, aspect and i remember having well feeling something like that before because yeah. if you've never painted anything out like that it, it's very difficult to kind of gauge a prediction i suppose for how people are going to feel about it right because you kind of yeah. anticipate the worst exactly. with, with all the anxieties building up you're like ah someone's going to come along and say it's terrible and it's going to get disliked bombed <laughs> and all that but you've got uh, no no evidence otherwise you know to suggest yes. a positive so yes um but then one thing for mine was like i was not even expecting it to go anywhere okay it was just for my college people yeah like only for the five to six people who attended the workshop and yeah like I was just thinking it it would it would not go anywhere but then I sent it to you I remember sending it to 100 drips as well yeah. you both suggested me to like you know make a twitter and then you know actually post it over there so that other people can watch it yes and you guys retweeted god damn that's the <laughs> moment i don't know what happened the next moment blender today retweeted the retweet of my the tweet of mine and the next day blender today live you know blender today is live yes. i think it is the number 104 yeah that's 104 blender today they actually gave a shout out to my channel and asked them to check out the first video i made that was like the turning point for me right so that's blender today hosted by pablo vasquez yes yes yeah yes. that's quite incredible um not many people actually get involved in that i would say so i suppose there's also a little element of right place right time as well. Yeah. And that's actually something I've yeah. heard from quite a few creators and I suppose myself included with that is that when you finally take a leap and put something out, you you really run with the chance that something will go far beyond your expectation. If you're lucky, mm -hmm. it will get picked up in the right ways because yes. you got picked yeah. up by well, I suppose us and then a blender today. When I put my yes. thing out, I got picked up by Grant Abbott and Bart Wildhausen. Um yes. So, yeah. and it seems like in this community because there's so many people with so many different interests different types of creators different sizes people with their eyes looking everywhere on social media platforms like twitter i suppose it's more likely that people coming into the community can get those first kickstarts yes yes exactly and i was not even expecting like to get a kickstart or continue youtube after that but then right after i got to know that blender today actually said do check out this channel because it's really good I actually felt I know something, you know. Like I was I was just 8 or 9 months into Blender back then when I made the first video. It's like 2020 May is when I posted and it started in June 2019, right? I just told the right. dates. It's not even a year. It's not even like a full year and I was and people were actually saying, "Okay, this guy knows something about math and, you know, Blender." Yeah. So yeah. it it provides you with a good sense of validation then. and yes, also exactly. moments like that i suppose can help to stave off your imposter syndrome at least for a short amount of time because <laughs> yes, as i'm is. sure you know it always comes back in some form right um, yeah especially for me <laughs> well let's talk about that then what's your relationship with imposter syndrome been like and actually before we start that how would you describe mm -hmm. imposter syndrome like if you could define it for someone because okay. i i have my own way of describing it but uh, and i think everyone does but I think it's really interesting when you ask people to give a definition for a word because I think everyone yes. describes quite abstract terms like that in a very different way and it's based on their own yeah. life experience. So I want to hear how would you describe imposter syndrome? 
I don't know like a perfect definition for it, but then I think, yeah, as you said, I can describe it, like how I feel and when it kicks in for me, especially. Yeah. Just like I said, like it's just been like what, 11 months since I uh, started Blender and then I made a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. And uh, when people ask me, like when, when they saw the first video, they'll, few people actually asked me like, how long have you been using Blender? You should be using like for what, six years or seven years now. I was like, no, I was just using for 11 months. And people were like, oh, is that it? Okay. And they kind of gave, you know, some negative. And some people were like, oh, that's really fast. You learned really quick. And uh, that's when like, maybe I was like, maybe I don't have that experience, you know? Experience is something which is really important, I thought, at least. So experience with the software make, like, I, I was not an expert at what I was doing back then as well. Uh, it is more like I was just making videos for myself and then just people picked it up and yeah, like I'm a creator now. Okay. But, well, yeah. well, if I can bookmark there and just ask a question. So yeah, sure. you said that you kind of received a bit of a negative tone from people, like when, when sharing that you'd only be doing it for a short amount of time. Um, yeah. Before that or before those kinds of interactions, I suppose, mm -hmm. did you have any concept of like how much skill level should be associated with a certain amount of time with using Blender? Or did you only realize that it was a short amount of time for that skill level after speaking to those people? Um, yeah, it's like, I never thought like you need to be actually really skilled to be a really good creator online. Yeah. Like people who, like who I learned Blender from like you, Grand Abbott, Blender Guru, Zachary Reinhardt, you know? All these people have been doing for what? Very long time. I don't even know, right? Blender yeah. <laughs> Guru has been doing for like, what, 12 years or 13 years? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, obviously I can't reach their level anytime soon. But uh, it was just like this thing. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just learning it right before one day and just putting it out. This is what few people actually said on my face sometimes, you know? They're like, oh, really? Like, I don't like this creator because he's just learned something today and then he puts the video out tomorrow. Actually, uh, that's kind of not true because I, I was like, obviously, right? Um, if you had to put something out, you need to be really perfect at it. Like people should not say, this is wrong, Sharon. What you said doesn't make any sense. Well, that right? yeah, that's another thing because I remember you showing me some of those kinds of interactions before. And yeah, it's very easy for people to say that in spite. But I think when they look at the content that's being made, obviously they can't see mm -hmm. the whole process that went on behind it, like the whole creation process. So yeah. I think when people like click on a video and listen to you, it's like you're saying it to them in real time almost. Like, you know, they don't in yeah. their mind have the whole, oh, this took so many days to script and prepare and do all of this and that and the other. Yeah. So much time to think about the thing, so much time to prepare it and figure out a way to explain it to people. So it's very easy yeah. for people like that to just dismiss it, you know, as, oh, it's low effort, yes. blah, it's gone, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. maybe uh, it is low effort, I don't know. But then I really think, uh, I mean, when I do something, I know, I exactly know what's going on in my head. Like I know why I'm using this particular node. It's not like I don't know the definition of the node. It's just, if I know the definition, a good teacher is someone who basically makes the person who doesn't know anything, understand what they are doing. Right. Yes. True. And, uh, cause, uh, like, you know, English is not my native language. I have no proper way to communicate with people who know that language. Like, I'm, I mean, I know English, but then I don't know, like, to what level I have to think the person is like, you know, are they beginners or are they, you know, like, are they to some extent level? So I started making every single video to explain, explain, like I go with the same thing in the first video, in the second video, in the third video as well. Like, you know, why am I using this particular node in every single video instead of just saying, go refer to that one because yeah. people might not do that. Right. So I had to think, you know, you know, nothing. And then I have to start making a video if that makes sense. That's true. And there's this misconception, I think, that um, obviously us as content creators, when we're making something, as you said, you're kind of thinking, okay, well, what level is the audience going to be at? And how am I going to adapt it for that? I yes. personally feel like there is no subject too complex to be explained simply. Right? Yeah. Um, if yeah. you understand a complex subject, if you understand it properly, then you can adapt those uh, those concepts and kind of narrow them down into very simple terms most yeah. likely for the use of analogies that are linked to other people's experiences They're like yes. say visual metaphors and things like that can be very useful now i think there's a misconception in that it's actually i think it takes less effort to explain a complex subject in a complex way people yeah. think <laughs> that it requires a lot of intelligence to do that but i don't think it does 
No, you've I think what yeah. requires intelligence is taking that and then actually narrowing it down so it's accessible to everyone. So yeah, I guess exactly. in a way, I think there's a type of content that can exist that isn't just beginner or intermediate or advanced, but is all of the above where yeah. something is explained simply, but those concepts are so accessible to everyone of any skill level that anyone can adopt it. And I think there's yes. probably a good se series of YouTubers online, educational video essay type YouTubers that have managed to do that in good ways. Um, yes. So yeah. And uh, that's where I'm planning my my YouTube channel as well. Like, cause if I have to, if imagine like I take about nine to 10 hours working on one single share every single day, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I take a week to just get one single result and I can't make like, you know, 15, 20 minutes video just showing like, I mean, I can't connect every single note from start to finish if I have to make a tutorial. Yeah. So instead what I can do is like, I can make like a very beginner series explaining every single, uh, like all the basics. And then I'll ask them to refer to that. And I just show the workflow, what exactly is happening and why I thought about this. That's all. It's more like a workflow than yeah. uh, actually connecting nodes. Yeah. I think that's quite a good idea. Coming back to imposter syndrome, like my imposter syndrome kicks when I see other people's stuff and when I can't figure it out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I see Gabe's stuff, I see Nugget's stuff, you know, and I'll be like, okay, normally if I look at uh, a texture or something, I can actually know, okay, this is what's happening. But then with vector displacement and stuff, which I was not familiar before, when I actually looked at it, I was completely like, what do I know? Like I've, do I've been doing this for what? six months now and if I do I, I still can't know what they are doing and I think that's a fair question because you don't know everything point number one like yes. no one knows everything and there are they spend I think about what the same amount of time I spent on my beginner skills they spent on the advanced skills pushing the limits of nodes and maybe I can figure out but then I might maybe I know the method but then I don't know how to actually imply it and so that's when I feel like, okay, my impost, maybe I'm not that good, I feel. But then um, when I talk to them, they, they tell me like they don't think the same way I do. And they actually say I'm very good at something which they are not. Yeah. Like obviously, like there are some things which I'm good at and some things which they are good at. So I have to make myself comfortable saying that, yes, you're good at something every now and then. And... I think you know this one, Curtis, for example, I keep saying, uh, I really suck at this, you know, and <laughs> yeah. somehow some, like everyone, again, they're like, when I do this and if I complete this, you'll be like, Charlie, you don't suck at this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have said to you before that, you know, the day you say you're good at something is the day I'm going to be worried. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. mean, there is something as well that actually, I don't think I've probably spoken about because I don't think the right people have been in a conversation with me to speak about it. Um, mm -hmm. so there are some people that excel at very specific things, right? Yes. And they kind of tunnel vision in. There are mm -hmm. other people that are good at, but don't excel at the same things. But yeah. what they have as a benefit is this incredible connectivity with other skills where they can yeah. take what they've got in that department and connect it with something in another department. And I think sometimes, even if their skill level across all of those subjects is average across the board, right, mm -hmm. they can still make things that are more impressive and can go further than the person who's only specialized in that field. Yes. So yes. that's something that, again, I haven't really spoken about much and it's very hard to kind of... Um, demonstrate to people because there aren't mm -hmm. there aren't very obvious examples of that sometimes but i definitely believe that's true and yes. there are lots of people in this community that are generalists right mm -hmm. and i think you and i can be considered amongst them and a certain number of those generalists probably have extreme I, I, i'd use the term interoperability between those skills so okay they, i need to google this one what does it mean <laughs> <laughs> well okay let's bring up a proper definition Interoperability, according to Google, the ability of computer systems or software to exchange and make use of information. So basically sharing information between those different skills. So yeah. generalists have, well, a certain type of generalist has extreme interoperability between these skills. So basically they can just move between them, share the information appropriately. They're not um, cordoned off into different sections. Everything is accessible to them at all times. And I feel like oh, these yeah. 
these people can excel and make probably have a, an easier time monetizing their creativity than extreme specialists that tunnel vision in on one thing maybe only make if they were to try and monetize it products for one very specific thing and because yeah. there's always a danger there as the times change as things develop, that they might get left in the dust eventually do well now yeah. but fail in the future and yes. that's, i do have a really trouble. good example for that one it's ian hubert basically okay he's a journalist he's yes. been doing I think for about 25 years now, I don't know, Yeah. 3D. And he knows all the pipeline because he's been doing Dynamo for, I think, ages. That's what he says. And it's been it's going to release on May 14th this month, hopefully. Right. And he spent so long doing every single thing in the pipeline except the sound, I think. Um, and he himself considered like he's not good at rigging. Like I've been following him on Twitter. And he's, he's like, I just learned how to rig this one. I was like, you should be knowing this because you're doing 25 years. No, like he's not, he thinks himself like he's going to learn continuously, right? Yes. He can use all the skills and make a full-blown short film, but then he doesn't need to specialize like, you know, to the top notch in this one particular rigging field or something. All he needs to know is how to rig it and how to make it work and how to use it in the scene. That's all. Yeah. I think these people are more creative. Like, I mean, you know, as you said, like they can monetize this uh, creativity soon. They're, they're more adaptable for the future as well. Yeah, so exactly. I think Ian's definitely doing it the right way. He's kind of picking projects that allows him to experiment with new things. But yes. also he has the option that he doesn't need to, because I'm sure he's already got the skill set enough to make something amazing anyway. But, but like, yeah, yeah these projects, they, they encompass skill sets all across the board. So again, I guess yeah. we can use that term interoperability is just incredible between his skill set. Yes. So we can just produce these things and monetize mm. that creativity. It's remarkable. Yeah, Whereas true. someone that's only, you know, fantastic at rigging or making mm. very just visual still images, but like no animation, no kind of, no, even just storytelling elements, someone that's good at those specific things, well, they're not going to make their own kind of short film to the same degree, are they? Not Nothing as spectacular yeah. and as wide. Um, yeah. And I, I think kind I of mean, having skills across the board like that makes or kind of encourage the content output to be more accessible to a wider audience as well, which is probably why, you know, Ian's picked up such a large community. Yes, yes, that's true. And uh, the other person who I think about a generalist and I, the next person come to my mind is Ben, Yeah. right? Ben is this guy who can learn stuff today and excel tomorrow. Yep. Like he's really, he's a quick learner. He said, Sharon, how to use this math? And if I explain him, most vaguely okay he'll be like i think i understand that and tomorrow he'll be using that and making a really nice scene which i don't think i can make it because he's including the whole pipeline that he learned so far and using my one small technique like whatever i just told him can work and use it and make the scene even better this is exactly what you meant right yes i don't uh, know how to pronounce uh, the word again i completely agree ben ben is definitely a generalist in that regard yes um we spent so much time speaking to him as well and you know he's given us advice we've given him advice on different things then yeah. i can tell like you know interacting with different members of the community there's definitely people that really flag up as having that kind of perfect personality for this type of work i would say yeah, um true. and and ben has his own doubts uh, and i think that's actually yeah. another good sign because all of these incredible generalists do even ian who's spoken about it on mm -hmm. Twitter a fair bit, I think, as well in the past. But Ben's like, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of the time it just fails. Like, I do stuff and I don't show people. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. Same as everyone else yes. that's doing this. The, the important <laughs> point is you are doing the stuff. You are experimenting. Yeah. You are failing. You will learn so much through failing and picking up those lessons. Yes. You know what not to do when something doesn't go right. So, exactly. yeah, he's. I think he's got I mean, a very good like path ahead yeah, of him. Yeah, he's got I mean, he never shows his failures because obviously no one wants to show, right? It's completely understandable. Yeah. And sometimes the same thing happens to me as well, okay? I mean, I can give one example. I've been doing bricks. I think, you know, like, you know, Charan is a bricks guy by this time. I do have a pet talk. <laughs> obviously, you know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I was obsessed with bricks right after I saw Simon's bricks. Simon's bricks are so good. Simon Thomas, I mean. Yeah. His bricks basically made me f question all my skills in blender and math i looked at his notary i understood nothing so i spent i think two three months just learning the math i would say it's not like learning the math i know the math but then how can i translate it to you know shaders 
there's no not many tutorials back then so i experimented like several times i think i made about 30 to 40 iterations of bricks and finally i was happy with what i made and the happiness took about four months of work and yeah. when i just put this bricks out on twitter only you know the final uh, fourth month product people were like oh you're really good but then no i'm not like it is just even like i'm not good maybe the result is good but i am not confident enough that i can reproduce the same result again if i try back then uh, if that right. makes sense yeah that's an interesting point so actually when, being... yeah that's when the imposter syndrome kicks in like i know that it took me this long so if i start something new it's going to take the same amount of time so i can't produce the next quick thing tomorrow or the day after tomorrow right. if you that makes sense yeah you just mentioned something there that i have thought about but never actually in a proper conversation which is like imposter syndrome flagging up when you don't feel like you can reproduce your own results yes that's a very important point yeah that's crazy i have thought about that i felt exactly the same way before especially when doing hard surface modeling like i made something yeah. that i think's nice like like the cover art for, for biogen right mm -hmm. and i think wow that was cool that would not happen again <laughs> like if i started from <laughs> scratch yeah uh, like but then slowly what happened was i started making the same thing again and again like you know just experimenting if i can reproduce it yeah maybe it's not exactly you know one-on-one -on -one match like i can't remember the every single values in the whole node trees right how much scale i gave for the noise how much scale i gave for the voronoi yeah. but then i know for a fact that how it's gonna look maybe this is too much or too less i can just tell it because i've been seeing this for so long so i can get close and i can still make the result look as good as this previous one but they're not exactly the same if that makes sense yeah and i suppose like your brain and all the skills you've learned has become like a puzzle solving tool and yes you've got to have some confidence in yourself that if you try and do the same thing again you're still using the same tool you used to do it the first time so yeah. you're more likely to come to a similar result than you think but because you've yes. only made one thing obviously you don't have any evidence to suggest that you're capable of doing it again so yeah, yeah. so that's when like the first time i tried bricks and put it on twitter people really liked it but then they looked like chocolate okay they didn't look like bricks <laughs> but then it was very high detail like it had all the bricks qualities except the color so the next time i tried it had everything like i made it like you know the second time i think i was on a call with you or it was on blender nest when i was streaming i was asking what else can i add to this one right yes and yes that's when i actually understand like this is very simple this is not pretty this is not complex i know all the tools all i have to do is step wise go step wise you know break down into smaller chunks and just experiment with the values so I think that's when I actually realized, like, I can produce stuff, but all I have to do is just break it down into smaller steps. Yeah, that's true. Very true. And I feel like, I guess, the mental approach that we take towards projects mm -hmm. can help as well, because yeah. I think I've said to you in the past, uh, especially with hard surface modeling, say, with the example of making a spaceship, sometimes it's easier, or even a robot, I think, um, sometimes it's easier building from the inside out than the outside in. And yeah. that can sometimes be just like a very simple change in mentality. Because when people mm -hmm. model stuff from the outside in, as I described it, they're trying to make the final shape first and then add yeah. details later. And from the inside out, as I've described it, it's thinking about functionality first. So yes. say, you know, if there's internal systems, if there's joints, make those mm -hmm. bits first and then build a structure around it. And that kind of gives exactly. you more, I guess it gives you rules, rules for the structure. And those rules yeah. can force you into making patterns that look better, maybe more realistic. Um, that yeah, you would have I remember you talking about this in your robot series. I think it's a really long, old, very old series, right, on your channel? Yeah, there was a three-part robotic design one, and then I <laughs> think I might have talked about it in a tips for kit bashing video as kit well. Kit bashing as well, yeah, yeah, you did. Nice. I love how you can remember my videos better <laughs> than me as well. <laughs> because I was learning from you. Like, you're, you guys are my teachers. Like, I'm talking to you, which is crazy, but then, yeah, I learned from you guys. I was following your channel right, like, from the start of my blender career yeah so yeah i don't know what all you made yeah that's sweet sweet, <laughs> sweet like our first conversation <laughs> yeah i think i was so polite to you god damn it <laughs> yeah you were it was very very nice yeah like the same thing happened with erin as well like you know erin and me run the discord server together which is related to proceduralism yes we met like in a very different way it's same like it's on discord so i reached out to him saying like I have a doubt in procedural nodes, but then uh, even I run a YouTube channel called Just 30 Things. 
and I see that our, YouTube, our two channels are like, you know, almost cross paths because we both like math and make stuff with it. Yeah. So I didn't know how to make dragon scales, okay, using procedural nodes. And I was scratching my head for about two or three days. And then I found his channel and I saw him doing stuff which I wanted to do. And I reached out to him asking for help. Like, can you please uh, help me out? How? Because I can't figure this out. And he basically streamed the whole process to me and explained me, me everything. Like our first conversation was me asking help and getting help immediately, if that makes sense. Yeah. And slowly, uh, he taught me more and I got better at procedural notes. It's not like I got like one-on-one -on -one mentorship, but then he was always there to problem solve all my doubts. Like there was one person and it was Aaron. That's cool. It's nice and, that he was open to helping. Yes. Uh, and I, ha I, I think I helped him in some ways, like, you know, in some optimizations and in some mathematics, I would say, like how to explain this stuff or something. He always had like a visual way of explaining stuff. And I always had a mathematical way of explaining stuff. Ah, yes. That's so, a good dynamic. Yes. It's like, you, you know, all you need is know the tools. Like that's how Aaron's brain work. You doesn't know how to make the tools from scratch, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what's going behind it. And yeah, exactly. That's, that's what Aaron's approach was. And my approach was like, cause you know, I'm an engineer. I need to go to the crux and core and actually dismantle everything and understand what's going on. Yes. I used to love this stuff. That's why I took robotics as well, because I'm into like, you know, building from start kind of a kid from childhood. Mm -hmm. So that same thing happened with math as well. So that's how I understood. Slowly, uh, me and Erin thought like, you know, if we are going to stream a process, we need a platform. And Erin tried out this, like, you know, Twitch and YouTube, and he had like about eight to 10 minutes of lag. And then right. we, and then we thought, let's make it on Discord. And our Discord is growing real quick. And it's not even been a year, but then we have about 2,700 people now. So that's the Arendelle.xyz Discord. Yes. Um, yes. Were you thinking about renaming it at one point or just keeping it? I would it say it no. Like, I think uh, Arendelle.xyz is like a landmark, you know, for yeah. proceduralism now. It's and become a brand. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brand, yeah. And I'm really happy that uh, I don't really mind uh, being it Arendelle.xyz, but uh, I do. I do really want people more people to know about this so like you know we have this server which is dedicated to proceduralism yeah yeah it's nice it's a fantastic resource for anyone that's interested in that subject it's and not only me and Aaron who's there like you know there's a ton other people who are really good at what they do in procedural nodes yeah like specialized in this particular techniques if that makes sense yeah and i believe yeah. you have a channel on there with a list of fantastic resources as well for people is that yes right? yes yeah we we come we compiled all the procedural resources that, that we could find for not only blender shader nodes also geometry nodes houdini grasshopper all this stuff all proceduralism you can go to the channel and you can find good people where you can start with all right nice yeah very cool um what's your um YouTube channel up to now and subscribers. Haven't you just passed your 3,000 mark? Yes, I did. Uh, I, I was actually thought of making a separate video thanking people, but then I didn't get a chance because uh, there was like another three or four videos planned and it was in production. I yeah. didn't want to stop them because it's already late. I've been like procrastinating for one month to make a video. But yeah. then, yeah, uh, I did uh, post it on my Twitter, like not Twitter, Instagram which I rarely use, but then I'm going to use it from now on to engage with my community that I built so far. So I've become pretty active on Instagram for the past three to four days. <laughs> yeah, Instagram is quite fun. Um, I agree. I haven't really be pushed mine at all recently, um, yeah. but it's definitely fun having all the stories and, you know, doing all of that. Um, it's like you, you can send all the, you know, be behind the scenes on Instagram because yes. it's more like, I can just take an image of what I'm going to send and just put it over there. Like it's, it's, I mean, people do it on Patreon, like, you know, be, behind the scenes, but then it'll be more detailed on Patreon, isn't it? Like, yeah. And I guess it's accessible forever. Um, if you put yeah, something on the stories on Instagram, it goes off 24 hours, but then you can of course yeah. do the regular posts. Yeah, exactly. But then, uh, Instagram is more like, you know, making your community know that you're doing something and you're not, you know, sitting in your room and doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like you can say that there is stuff coming out soon, so you can you can hope for something. I mean, it's worth subscribing to my channel. That, that's what I would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, consistency is one of the things that people really look out for when they come to your channel to subscribe. Um, yeah, 
I think that the flow that subscribers usually take is they find a video and recommend it. They click on the, yeah. your channel link, they look at videos. Yeah. And then I think after having a cursory glance at the, you know, the branding, the, the colorful nature of it all to see, yeah. you know, like the thumbnails and all that, they take a look at when the last video was uploaded. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like, ah, is this person worth subscribing to? Are they actually putting stuff out? So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the same thing happened with me in my brain as well. I go to really an amazing channel and I see it is like the last poster was, you know, two years ago, one year ago. It's like, oh no, they left YouTube. Yeah. I mean, exactly. that's the thing that, that comes to my mind. But then when it comes to my channel, I, I suppose, I won't say frequently, I would say rarely. No, not rarely. Like, not yeah. consistently, probably. That's because I think, again, it's my imposter syndrome. Okay. It comes everywhere, basically. It's just like, I than the quantity, I look for quality. Like, yeah. If I make a video, I need people to know something new in this one, right? Yeah. So I look for the quality and then maybe if I, I, I basically scratched out about five scripts, which I was com like, it's basically completely done, but then it was just repetitive. Like you can use the same tools to do the same thing, which I already taught before. So I didn't do that. I won't, like, but then maybe I should, like, probably I should do that in the future, but it's just, um, or else, you know, one or two days prior, someone else put the same type of content, like, especially CG matter. Like I was thinking about something and, um, he, because it's something very similar. I mean, the same technique has been used. So it's like, you can go like, he, he has more reach obviously. So I'd be like, okay, it's better if CG matter did this because he can explain this better than me. So they're like, you know, this stuff that's, that comes once in a while. Well, you can always keep in mind that if you have multiple ideas and you're thinking about mm -hmm. doing like a video on each individual thing, mm -hmm. if someone else has already done it, or if you feel like that idea isn't substantial enough, you can combine it with the others in some way and try and find some kind of overarching narrative, you know, yeah. that, that would help yeah. to describe it. So if you had like an individual <laughs> tip, then mm -hmm. I guess like taking my recent video, for example, you know, uh, five or six whatever useful tips for rendering in cycles yeah. like you could do a video about each of those things individually but well yes. if you can't be bothered if you think it would take too much time then just you know do a I shorthand mean, version doing that stuff one. is more easier to be honest you know building yeah. up tips because they're like i don't know so many tips in my head right now running yeah. i can make about this 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 and stuff um i was actually planning on doing one for november but then uh Arendelle already made something and i didn't want to uh, you know, make my own one, even though I think it would have been a good idea, but then we both had same topics because it's very, for beginners, that's, that's all they should know. Like I will say the way the algorithm of... works again is that related content bounces off each other. So yeah. if you made it at the same time, you would have got more traction, but also you would have mm -hmm. given Erin more traction as well. So yeah. you would have actually yeah. helped him out if you made your own version. <laughs> <laughs> so you're evil. Yeah, you, know, you, di you didn't do it. You're evil yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I didn't, uh, I was not ready for the negativity in the comments saying that, you know, like, I was not ready for that in the past. Like, I, I, now I don't really think about it mu as much because, guys, I'm just going to tell something, viewers, I didn't have any negative comment till now on my YouTube channel. Please don't put any, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, so I just want to, like, I think it's fine. I I'm I'm ready for it. I'm, I mean... Obviously, when the channel grows, it's not like everyone should agree with whatever you say. There will be negative comments, but um, I was not ready back then. Now I'm ready. Before I was not. So it's like, they'll be like, okay, you're just copying Aaron at, the, at this point. I didn't want that thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I also talked about it to Aaron and he's like, it, it doesn't matter. Like you're, you have your own way of doing stuff. So it's always good if more people do the same content because you can push it further. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. And if those people are out of the loop and they don't know that you you actually communicate with Erin, you know, so much of the time, yeah. then that's their problem, not yeah. yours. You know, full stop. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like me and Erin are like always in contact. Uh, it's um, uh, we both get busy in a while and we don't talk for about you know a week or something, but we do catch up once in a while. Uh, like an like you know just like this call we call we we catch up with stuff what's happening in the server. We also talk about what we are gonna make like in the next videos so that we don't i mean we have really similar content okay we didn't want to like fail we are competing with each other more like we want to grow together if that makes sense oh yeah that's a nice idea yeah so that's exactly why um blendedness is the best thing we all talk to each other before like what we're gonna make and we'll be like okay we had the same idea but then anyway let's 
let us both do it and see where this goes we had this conversations before in blendernest as well right yeah and i think <laughs> especially with your money one like how to make money with blender and i oh, think four yeah. people made the same video at the same yeah, time yeah everyone did it and for it the life amazing. of me like i had no idea that other people did it and i know that yeah. josh gambrel also did one like i think just before mine not that long before yeah. and i and i didn't even see that <laughs> we're in blendernest together as well um yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know why. Like, I guess maybe something through the ether kind of caught all of our minds. So yeah, I think uh, that was one time when uh, you all wanted to, like, you know, answer for that question. I would say. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. That's the same thing with Erin as well. We didn't want to, like, you know, feel like we both are crossing, like, you know, competing with each other. It's more like we want to grow with each other. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly how the algorithm works now. Um, like, yeah. like we just said, I've gotten to know like. A, a wide range of different personalities in this community there are some personalities that definitely don't understand that yet or maybe they do yeah. now but then i haven't spoken to them in, in a while and they took a very very competitive stance on it i mean and everyone's felt the competition to some degree but most of us you know we understand enough the algorithm that you know it's better working together than it is working apart by yes. a long shot yes um true. so it's very nice being able to put these communities together and get everyone involved I mean, yeah. that's exactly what I love about Blendernest. It's not like only Blendernest. It's like there are many other people who reach out to us personally as well, right? Once yeah. in a while. Yeah. It's like they want to start a YouTube channel and then they're kind of, you know, we there are like so many YouTube channels now. What am I going to give? And everything is out there. I, I don't think so. The uh, ideal mindset that you a person should have, just put out, I would say. Yeah. And also from like the people that have contacted me and you and everyone else, the people that really catch my attention are the ones that are just genuine and that yeah. are like, hey, I made this. I like your stuff. I really enjoyed this thing. You don't have to have a look, but, you know, I've just put it here anyway. And that makes yeah. me want to have a look at it because I'm like, aha, here we go. Seems like a nice, <laughs> modest personality. Let's see if we can help him out. And then there's other oh. people that, that are like, you know, that are much more forward about it. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, isn't this how i actually started talking to you the first yeah. video like i know like you're, you're busy but then just so if you have any tips to improve this video can you just yes out and like the video and, you, you uh, were very polite you were very modest and polite and it was nice oh, thank you Curtis. <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> i mean what else can i ask you like you know watch it you have to watch it and you know give me a shout out you know yeah. i can't do that <laughs> well there's definitely been some weird emails like that and yeah, I, I, I do get like, because, you know, once I got into Blendernest, people recognize my channel and who like, you know, my tag in Discord. Yeah. And some people actually started texting me personally to push them to Blendernest. I was like, uh, it's not in my hands. Like it, it's a community decision. It's like the whole people should feel comfortable of you being there. If anyone is not comfortable, then it's just going to be an awkward talk in the whole community. And we don't want that in Blendernest. Yeah, this has always been one of the main concerns for me anyway. Yeah. That, um, I don't want people to feel like they're being excluded because they're not liked. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's very valid reasons for it. Um, I guess it's something that I've also like said to you, I know, in the past that you kind of reach a point when you're becoming a creator like this and you're building up an audience where it's inevitable that there are going to be people that don't like you. Um, yeah. And the reason for that is because if two people want something from you at the same time, you have a choice. You can either do something for one of them, right? And the other one yeah. gets upset or you can not do anything for either of them and they both get upset like there are, <laughs> there are moments like that where no matter what you choose someone's going to be upset right and someone's yeah. not going to like you so that's that's exactly that's exactly why um i mean it's just i just feel like people are pushing sometimes you yeah. know and i i mean i i obviously i'm not comfortable if someone pushes too much and if i don't want to then i, I won't right it's like my personal choice because you're pushing me and uh, your content is good. But then if this is how you reach out and, you know, that's not like professional, I would say. Yes. I'm I'm not pointing out any creator just in case. I'm just saying, just saying like I did get a lot like this, not once in a while. It's just yeah. not in our, like in my hands or Curtis' hands. There's no ruler in Blendernest that yeah. you have to be here or something. It's a community decision. There's, there's and no people one are to... really open about that on Blendernest. Like if they like a person, they'll say they like them. And if they had any issues previously with them, they're going to put this out. So everything's very transparent. Yeah, basically there's no one to sweet talk. Um, yes. Because 
it is a community decision and we tend to get like votes on majority sometimes but then even then there's vetoes because we don't want, if yeah. anyone's had any drama with like a potential creator that could be added then we don't want to add them obviously because we don't want drama but sometimes it just happens where someone gets recommended and then maybe no one comes online and votes like or like shares their opinion says anything positive or whatever so that recommendation just disappears and that's not because they don't like you or something that's just because they don't know who you are and they don't have enough time to check out yeah well, everyone is busy people might that's just be busy not, basically like, i'll just put this way we're very lazy at looking at recommendations <laughs> yeah there's so many recommendations sometimes it's like i mean we did add lots and lots of new people like i i i got to know many people through recommendations and i really like the channel they are still on brennanest it was just uh, like some creators um, like maybe i don't know like they don't know that person or like even though if i mean if no one knows the that particular creator we don't know who they are and what their mindset and you know the mentality is it's it's and... also gone like a bit more complex over time because the the bonding that we've created over time has become very comfortable with each other and they've been sharing more and more personal information with each other and not only that free stuff on the channels so there's personal information that we've trusted with each other and free content if you add new people into that mix all of that personal information is now available to that person so there may be people that come into the server that some of the crew members have never had any experience with and they don't want that information shared with them and also yeah. say that we've been sharing free copies of stuff we might not want that to go around especially if they're like experimental builds so those are two extra considerations to keep in mind which makes it a lot more complex so whenever people yeah. message me like oh why haven't you added this person yet why haven't you added this it's like well i've got like 20 people's considerations like to deal with you know like yes. to, realistically i don't know if we can add anyone else now but yeah. this is why i think because... the, the the new discord community is a massive help because we can get like anyone doing those live guest chats um, yes that's true so, yeah. that's true so guys yeah subscribe to uh, blendedness and join the blendedness community if you haven't already <laughs> yeah i mean that's actually really true like you know there's so much personal stuff we shared around and it's like if we are adding someone to blendedness it's like we are adding the person to our family now yeah so we, we have to trust them like everyone should not me not girls everyone here should trust that person and they have to welcome them wholeheartedly like okay you are a family member now Yes, and we actually build this bond and blendedness with all the creators now, and I think um, that's why not many people are being added newly to the blendedness. Well, you can imagine how it gets exponentially more difficult because if everyone needs to feel comfortable with adding someone else, then that's one extra person that needs to be comfortable the next time around, right? Yeah. So that's it true. requires more and more people to be happier and happier every time. <laughs> so eventually, yeah. we kind of hit roadblocks or. I think it's a point that we've reached now. No one's just being added. It's just rarely we are adding people now, right? Like, yeah. But then we are not even getting much, not too many. But then, yeah, we are getting uh, requests. I think for now we'll probably end up adding a few more people to the core crew, you know, within the year, I suppose. But for now, I guess we're just focusing on the main community, the open community, because yes. this is the yes. thing that's just more accessible to people, and I guess will give us a platform to experiment with content and hopefully help to grow the channel in the future. God, there's yeah. so much still to edit for that um, server. We still got to do the art reviews. And thank God, the one which we which didn't add the audio, audio was not the art review. Yes. Oh my God. God. Imagine, Carlos. Just imagine <laughs> if it was an art review and there was no audio. How would it be? For reference, for anyone listening, we recorded a Blender Nest episode and I messed up because <laughs> a Windows update messed up my audio drivers. Well, not really the drivers, just the, 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 the default settings. So I had to go and reset everything. Um, and try and figure out how I had all my presets set up before, but basically the like nearly two hour long podcast episode we recorded was just useless. Well, it wasn't yeah. completely useless. It had everyone's audio except mine, and I'm sure there would have been a few people that were, would be happy to listen to that. But <laughs> but yeah, no, we didn't upload it. So yeah, that was funny. Like it happens once in a while. Technical difficulties, right? Yeah, true. I think we've lost about two or three episodes overall. Yeah, we did. We did. One was mine and Kev's, and one was Atro's, and one is yours. Paul. Yes. So the one which I I did was was completely more personal to me because I was asking more questions, and Kev was just giving me answers. It was like one on one talk. It's like he's mentoring me at the at this point. So it's like maybe I sh I'll just keep it to myself instead right. of you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so before we kind of close this up, what are you excited for for the future, Sharon? I'm really excited to make a living out of Blender. 
yeah honestly because i'm really comfortable with it and and um i think uh i'll be more happy if i continue this path i mean my goal of my life is not like you know become rich or something it's just being happy and i'm really happy being what i am at this point so right after my right after my college i might go for my higher education i'll go for my higher education but not like you know after the whole pandemic is done yeah and once that is done i'll choose my own path which is a blender and try to make a living out of it but before then growing the channel is the task so i'll put out more content for people like i have planned so many things maybe i should actually you know start working on them and you know make it available for everyone and yeah. I, i'm pretty sure like uh, within this year i might at least upload another 6 to 7 videos i would I, say i think that would be good that's a lot for me yeah that's yeah. a lot for me if i actually like you know make more than 6 or 7 videos that means i am on fire yeah i mean i think you're perfectly capable of making it work um it does take a lot of effort it takes a lot of consistent effort um but yes. i think it's not only like yeah i'm just going to say something yep. it's not only the effort it's just like i'm putting more time in making content than actually learning something if that makes sense i yes. more like i'm willing to learn at this point than making content if that makes sense yeah. like i make something i'll just take time and work on something which i'm actually learning and then come back to editing it's like it's 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 a long process i feel like doing something today and i'll do it and i'll leave the editing for tomorrow or something yeah that's true it's i like mean like i want to learn more i want to get better at what i do so that you know i feel more comfortable with myself and maybe i'll get the imposter syndrome out soon yeah i mean i think it's a good idea definitely not forcing yourself to do something if you're not feeling up to it as well yes because yes. I, i don't really do that so, some days i think to myself right tomorrow definitely video is going to be out or like you know i finish up doing the admin and then i get around to the next day and i'm like nah not today nah, exactly not feeling it <laughs> but i think it is important to have some kind of soft deadlines as well though because yeah, i'm do. not like saying you have to procrastinate completely you know procrastination can be good and bad as well yeah good in just... a way that when you're learning something so you can procrastinate a particular task to learn something new which will actually make you f- yourself feel more comfortable with whatever you're working on yeah i suppose it's just kind of finding the balance between having yourself be comfortable as you say and also mm-hmm. kind of really keeping in mind business interests if we can call it that and i think striking that balance is i guess probably the core skill of a content creator for the internet nowadays yeah true like um make, making tools for artists is something which i wanted to do always and as well as i want to become a really good artist like you know the 3d artist like if i have it's just like at one point i was actually thinking maybe i should just stop trying to be a 3d artist or like just make tools for 3d artists yeah so just like you know with no tools or whatever like some python stuff that i'm working on it's just uh too much stuff in my head like i, I don't know what i'm going to end up in the future like which one i'm going to master i don't know if i'll end, become a really good 3d artist but then throughout the process i think i'll actually be a really good creator probably that's all well i think that's more than enough for me i suppose only time will tell and it depends yeah. on all the stuff that you're going to end up doing but yeah i think you got a good path ahead of you but i think that's where we're going to wrap it up for now so thank yes. you for joining me on this episode of the hot cast um thank you guys feel free to Thanks subscribe to uh, charon's channel as well this just 3d things on youtube um yeah is there anything else thank you, you so want to plug uh nothing just stay safe guys and oh. take care of yourselves yeah there we go Take care guys. All right. See you next time.